Welcome to 908 ENT, the podcast. I'm your host, Sal Liberato. We're here to help you take another step towards success. Now let's get ready to learn the basics from the best. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning back into another episode. Our guest today is Hunter McHugh. Hunter, thanks for coming on today. Of course. I appreciate you having me, brother. You got it. Hunter is the president of the McHugh Insurance Group. They are a locally owned independent agency that serves the tri-state area. They offer all different types of solutions covering commercial lines, personal lines, and life insurance. But you know, this is all public info. Anybody can Google you, Google the group. What would you really like our listeners to know about you? Sure. So, uh, you know, for me, insurance is one of those things that doesn't really stick out. It was never the sexy career or anything like that. Um, and I try to not that I necessarily try and change the stigma around the industry or what it is that I do. But at the end of the day, my what my job looks like is I, I get to know people, business owners, families, things like that, and, and get to become part of their life and, and, and their community. Um, so so for me, you know, when I was looking into a career, decided to get in to start my own business, it was a matter of, you know, what is something I like to do? And, and insurance gave me a great opportunity to do that. And more so when I started McHugh Insurance Group, part of the reason was I've got a family. We have a two-year-old daughter at home and being around, being present is extremely important to me. So being able to spend time with my wife here, my high school sweetheart, who we've been together for a long time and our two-year-old daughter and uh, it's, uh, it, it's been good, man. So, you know, obviously football was a huge part of my career. A lot of that led to, you know, trying to pursue some competitive avenues down the road, but right now we're happy, man. We've moved back home to Delaware where my wife and I are both born and raised, started an agency and got to kind of pick up where I left off when I left town initially and went to New Jersey and went to Monmouth to have the opportunity to do things that I love. So yeah, that's awesome. So just to get started here, what are the three simplest things that lead to success? Sure. So I, it's tough, man, right? It, trying to, to put together a uh, solution to figuring out how a simple way to find success is impossible, <laughs> right? I mean, we could list off 10, 15, 100 different things that mm-hmm. lead to it. Speaking from my experience and, and, and what I've done and been through and what I've seen other successful people do, I, I think that number one, and this is irreplaceable, this is no matter what, it's it's the most important part of the solution, is hard work, right? Nothing is going to get done without hard work. And it sounds cliche, but it's not cliche. Mm-hmm. It's just the truth, right? Um, so when you think about Somebody who wants to be successful, somebody who's goal-oriented, has big dreams, if they're not willing to put the work in, it's not going to happen. Okay. Mm -hmm. On top of that, I would say, for me at least, a huge part of it has been support, right? When when people are trying to chase their dreams, they want to get into certain things, they want to be successful, if they don't have the right team around them, it's going to be damn near impossible, Right. And for me, I'm somebody, I don't have a huge circle, right? For me, it's my family, my two older brothers, my parents, my in-laws, my wife, my, you know, immediate family. Without that support, without those people to give you a kick in the ass or without having those people to to remind you why you're going through the shit every single day to get to where you want to be, it's extremely impossible to find success. And then the last piece, I think, honestly, man, you gotta, you gotta be a little batshit crazy. You know, <laughs> you gotta have a little bit of, you know, I, I guess you would just call it no quit in you, right? Mm-hmm. 
anybody you talk to who's who's gotten to that kind of level of success along that entire journey for them they have been told and 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 had people laugh and say i don't know why you're doing this you're crazy for going through this yeah in yours or my situation why would you leave a cushy job to start from scratch and start your own business right and why would you get told no 9 out of 10 times but if you have that note, if you have that, I don't have any quit in me, you've got that really that faith that you know what you're going to, you know, ultimate goal is going to be, then at the end of the day, that's going to help get you there. You put those three things together. I think that's a pretty good formula. Yeah, 100%. I like the last one because the no quit, I mean, it takes no skill. It takes really nothing. Like you can just start that from a young age, just kind of instilled in you. Right. And, you know, there. It, <laughs> You know, it's something I see a lot now, especially with younger generations coming up. But if you find somebody, if you are somebody who has the ability to go through a lot of, you know, a lot of adversity and get through tough times, obstacles, whatever it may be, then you've got a leg up because there's so many people out there who at the site of the first challenge want to duck back, duck out and, and, and do something easier. So Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I think that just, Hey, I, I'm not going to stop until I get what I want. There's no quit in me. That's how you get to where you want to be. Yeah. hundred percent. So, I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but can you share a moment or experience that really inspired you to pursue your career? Sure. So it, it's, it's interesting. Um, I mentioned, right. Insurance isn't sexy at all. So, so there was never a time growing up where I said, I got to be the insurance guy, right? It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a, it wasn't a Jake from State Farm commercial that made yeah. me say I want to wear the khakis and be that guy. Um, for me, it was I wanted a certain lifestyle, mm-hmm. and there were a handful of things that that in my mind and what I envisioned that lifestyle looked like. Part of it was what I got to do every day, right? For me, I wasn't I, I couldn't be a desk jockey. I needed to get out. And, and talk to people and, and constantly have goals put in front of me that are difficult to achieve so that I could stay motivated. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to have the opportunity, and this is huge for me, it, to determine my own outcome, meaning I don't, I didn't want to be confined to a salary. And for some people, that's great. But for me, I wanted to say, okay, if this, if, if depending on how much work I'm willing to put in each year, Here's how much work I'm willing to do for it, right? And it's not going to be constricted by anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you kind of put those together, the insurance career that I ended up in right out of college gave me the opportunity to do that. I created my own schedule. Mm-hmm. I had the ability to go out and earn whatever I wanted to earn. Um, and so that that was a big part of how I ended up in insurance. And I gave it a shot. I realized I loved what that day-to-day looked like. And then moved down the road a little bit. I always going into college, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to start my own business, mm-hmm. but that takes two things. It takes an idea and it takes money. And I didn't have either <laughs> of those. Right. Yeah. So um, fortunately I was given the experience in the insurance industry to be able to say, okay, this is something I like to do. I had been able to put myself in a position where I could go out and start my own business. And Look, I had a really good job where I was at. I was extremely comfortable. I enjoyed what I was doing. Um, But from growing up, there's a lot of experiences. I think a lot of people have this where I didn't grow up in a family that had it like that, right? I went Mm -hmm. to college as a walk-on. 
I had a lot of college student debt, didn't have a ton of money growing up. And there are plenty of people who had much worse off than I did. But that's been a huge motivator, just knowing what those experiences were like growing up and being in early childhood to say, okay, I need to create some sort of financial freedom for myself and for my family Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to continue to go through it so that my family doesn't have to go through the things that I remember from growing up. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that leads into just saying, hey, by being a business owner, I can control my destiny and where I'm going to end up on the back end of things. And I get to pick what I'm going to do every day. So yeah. it's, uh, it's been great. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a great motivator too, though, just to kind of try to flip the script and, you know, give your child something different. That's awesome. For sure. And I think a lot of people try to do that. Right. And, but it's scary, right? It's easy mm-hmm. to go and clock in, clock out, but it, it, it can be scary. It's, you know, the first year in business was concerning, right? Making sure <laughs> yeah. you pay, pay, pay the bills and yeah. that it's going to work out. But once you get through that and you realize, okay, this is trending in the right direction. I, I am doing the right thing here. Yeah, hundred percent. So, can you share a valuable lesson you've learned from, whether that was kind of transitioning and you know building the group, or just even you know back to the football days? The football days, for sure. I mean, <laughs> so, some of the biggest lessons in my life that still apply today that that I have to think back to stem from football. And now you got to remember, I played high school football in Delaware. There are maybe. 20 teams in the state here (laughs) that are actually relevant. And I know New Jersey and other New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, that DMV are all huge football areas. Mm -hmm. And so in high school, big fish, small pond. Yeah. And then college is rolling around. I don't have a single division one scholarship offer. Uh, But at the time, my mentality was I need to go somewhere. I'm going to have the opportunity to earn a full scholarship or it's not going to work out. Right. Mm -hmm. So going from that big fish, small pond to Monmouth, you know, even just call it what it is, one of your smaller FCS schools at the time I was there now shoot a couple championships in the bag Mm -hmm. and whatever it may be. But and then realizing, okay, I'm not playing with the boys anymore. (laughs) At the end of the day, this is this is a grown man's game. And when I got there as a preferred walk on, nobody was looking at me. Nobody was paying attention to me. And uh, and it's funny, I, one of the things I remember the most at the end of um, freshman year spring ball, that year I had torn my meniscus, had mm-hmm. surgery and a spring ball. I remember my own line coach saying, I don't ever see you play it down here for us. And at the time, I was like, man, this is coming from the guy who's, who's putting pen to paper, who's deciding who's on that depth chart. Mm-hmm. And for me. At that went into that summer, I was like, I think I'm going to transfer. I'll go to Westchester. I'll go to one of the D2 schools that had interest in me, and, and I'll try and, you know, get, get you know, back on the field that way. Um, and ultimately, I never did. And so I think the lesson really ended up being, because long story short, fast forward through my sophomore year, coming out of spring ball sophomore year, I was competing for a starting spot mm-hmm. going into junior year and ended up being a two-year starter. Yep. And it is the for me, that lesson is what can happen, kind of what we talked about when you don't give up on something. I mean, I'm telling you, every semester I thought, okay, I'm transferring out of here. <laughs> and at the time, transfer portal wasn't a thing. I would have to sit out of here yeah. or whatever. And so for me, it was, okay, if you stick this out, here's what can happen. you you got to earn that spot. It's not going to happen overnight. But it was a real kick in the ass for me coming from a place where it was kind of handed to me. I was the guy from mm-hmm. freshman year on in high school. Uh, but but undoubtedly um, one of the most valuable lessons to know, Hey, if you don't give up on something that it, it is worth the the work you put in down the road. 
Yeah. And it goes right back to your uh, three points, the no quit. Right. Exactly. And that's what it is. No, that's great. So do you have like a favorite quote, motto, mantra, like anything like you use personally or that you use like within the group? So growing up, I, um, in high school, right. I was a big motivational guy, right. Any video, Mm -hmm. any book, any movie you can, you you can get. Um, I, I was, I was glued to it. And, um, and a lot of that stuff to me nowadays, right, with social media, it seems it seems so cliche anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that that I do, it's kind of an inner dialogue that I have with myself, is when just going throughout life, right? Whether it's making decisions, deciding to to you know do something different or do something that may be a little risky, is asking myself why not, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and the thought process behind that for me is. If you say, okay, I'm going to go start a business. And if I sit down and I list all the reasons why, right, I can come up with a million different reasons. They're all going to sound great to me, right? And that's exciting. But in the back of my head, subconsciously, I'm going to be saying to myself, okay, well, it's going to be difficult. What if it doesn't work out? You might not pay the bills. Mm-hmm. So for me, I get in front of that. I, 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 a huge Jocko Willing fan, his extreme discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Extreme ownership, all that stuff, trying to, hold myself accountable. So the idea for me is, okay, if I'm asking myself, why not before anything, mm-hmm. right? And let's, okay, same, same example. I'm going to start a business. Why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. And then I start to list out the things. It might not work out. It's going to be difficult, long hours, stressful. I'm listing out and holding myself accountable to all the excuses I know I'd come up with along the way, mm-hmm. right? So, and for me, whatever it is internally, I know those are all excuses and a lot of them are bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of them is just me being scared or, yeah. or being worried that it might not work out by asking myself, okay, why wouldn't I do this? And if I can't come up with a good reason, right, then at the end of the day, it's something worth pursuing, pulling the trigger for. I know the why. Mm-hmm. But when I start to dig into why not, if I can't come up with something, for me at least, internally, that is a huge you know, reminder of, hey, you got to take chances. If one of those reasons doesn't have to do with your health or your long-term well-being or my family, then at the end of the day, I'm just trying to find things that are going to be an excuse down the road. And if I can get those out of the way initially, I'll know that I should have expected them down the road. Yeah. And then it kind of goes to like relating it to football, like when coaches are like, oh, why not us? So it kind of ties with that. That's it, right? That's one yeah. of the biggest things. Underdogs, mm-hmm. right? I yeah, yeah. We had played Liberty, who was ranked at the time. We beat Liberty. We went in played Coastal, who was ranked top ten at the time. And it was why not? We can't. We should be in this conversation. Yep. And for me now, one of the ways that translates is as I were a newer firm, but go into these businesses that have been around for, for a long time. It's not the why. It's why, why shouldn't I have a shot? Why yep. wouldn't I be? a qualified person to take care of this business. Right. And, and mm-hmm. so you're right. I mean, and maybe that's where a lot of it. Stems yeah. From. I mean, it's cliche, but it is kind of true. Like it's a great motivator. So yeah, of course. Yeah. So going to our first, this or that question, I mean, you touched on it before, but I got to ask it anyway, does hard work beat talent or talent beat hard work? Yeah. Hard work beats talent every day, twice on Sunday. And, and <laughs> it goes back to, to my college football experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when you think about, when I came in, there there were guys by the time I was competing for a starting spot who were coming in as freshmen who were far and above more talented than I was. 
big prospects coming out of school, guys who were really, really talented. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was okay if I put the time in, in in the weight room. And and for me, being somebody who was relatively undersized, all things considered, put the time in the weight room. And if I was smarter than everybody on the field, I put more time in in film, mm-hmm. then it was going to be tough to replace me. You know what I mean? And, and so, yeah. And the, what's the cliche, right? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. Yeah. Hard. No, that's the saying, but I left it off just to, you know, strategically to see what people say or what they think. Well, the truth is, even sometimes when talent works hard, right? That's what we're, that that's where the difference is. Is how yep. hard is somebody willing to work? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that that that's my two cents on it. Yeah, I feel like almost everybody I've had on has said that um, hard work beats talent. That's just kind of what they believe, or just you know what they think. Well, look at the the folks that you have on this show, which are great. The interviews have mm-hmm. been fantastic, but. They're people who are go-getters. They're people yep. who are the hard workers. Mm-hmm. You're not talking to, and, and at the level we played college football, you're not playing with the guys who had it handed to them. They weren't the five-star recruit who just showed up on Saturdays and, and had three, 400-yard games, right? Mm-hmm. You had guys who had to grind it out, had to earn their spots, yeah. and, and, and that's the majority of people out there. Yeah, 100%. So it ties right in to our next question. What's the best way to overcome an obstacle setback? I mean, you definitely touched on it about your time at Monmouth, but you can use kind of anything. Yeah, I mean, outside of just having that motivation and being being really committed to what it is you're trying to do, when I think about it more so now from a business perspective, when, yeah, it, comes 100%. To, when it comes to setbacks, um, and a lot of this stems from, like I mentioned, Jocko Willink and, and his extreme ownership, the first piece is taking yourself out of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Removing yourself from it, removing your personal emotions from it, and just kind of looking at it from a 30,000-foot 30, view. It's the best way for me to be honest with myself and say, okay, am I in this situation? Is this obstacle occurring because of something I did? Number one, because that's the best way to learn from it. That's mm-hmm. the best way you're going to learn a lesson and avoid those obstacles or prepare for them moving forward. Then from there, second piece, you take that information, whatever you've gotten from it, and analyze it. I'm extremely analytical, extremely organized to, mm-hmm. to a fault. But to do that and then say, okay, now I know what needs to be done different. Here's my game plan moving forward. And then the last piece, as we've talked about, just put your head down and go, mm-hmm. right? Depending on what that obstacle is, a lot of times, this is going to be kind of the theme of this, this episode, I feel like, but it's just go to work. That, yep. that will make a lot of things better. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you need, right? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. So for, for me, I had a situation we brought on a client very early on into starting business that we just weren't quite ready for yet. It was a big client. We didn't have the staffing to take on somebody like that that had the needs that they had, but it was early on, right? Mm-hmm. And so we end up parting ways with this client, but that's replaceable. That's fixable, right? I need to hire the right people. I need to put the right systems in place. There is work to be done that can fix that and prevent it from happening moving forward. Yeah, 100%. That's great. So we got another this or that question. What's more important, passion or motivation? I think, you know, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to ruin the this or that segment right here. No, no, 100%. There's because... no there's no one answer. So what, what... <laughs> to, to me, those two are the same. And OK, and, and, and here's the way. OK. I look at it. They're the same or or they're they're intertwined so similarly mm-hmm. in that for me, my biggest thing, if you ask my wife, if you ask anybody around me, my motivation is my family. Mm-hmm. And I'm passionate about 
being able to take care of my family, being able to have the life we want to have, they are the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so that is my motivation. When you talk about passion, I think it's funny. And maybe, maybe this isn't a super popular opinion nowadays, but a lot of people talk about do something that you love. Right. And okay. people aren't taking jobs or they're taking jobs that don't pay them a ton of money because it, they think it's something they love. Listen, how many guys that we play ball with coach ball? One, two, maybe. Mm-hmm. How many of us would love to be doing nothing but coaching ball? Yeah. All of us, right? There's no better, right? We, you just watch film, go to games, rah, rah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That's what we all want. And, and if that's what we're all passionate about. It's how we got to where we're at. It's what motivated us. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, passion is, okay, what's something you're really passionate about? And, and I think that for me, it's, okay, I'm not passionate I shouldn't say this, but I will. I'm not passionate about insurance. It doesn't get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't get mm-hmm. me fired up. But I am passionate about the people I work with. Yeah. I'm passionate about small businesses. I'm passionate about my small business and running it and the people that I work with. Um, and so I feel like to me, the, the people I work with, the people I work for are my motivation and they're who I'm passionate about. So you know, I, I think my perspective on passion is, you know, obviously, yes, you want to do something that interests you, that you care about, mm-hmm. um, but it may not be so black and white. Yeah. Uh, but, to, but to answer the question, I think, in my opinion, they're they're one and the same. Mm-hmm. But even like the passion, like you're not passionate about insurance, but you're helping people and you're giving them like security and like all that type of stuff. So that's kind of maybe where that can come from. It's not like the insurance per se. It's like what you do for them, you know? Correct. And that, that does provide that intrinsic, you know, that, that value of saying, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I feel good about what I'm doing to be there for a business or a family or whoever on their worst day mm-hmm. when they've got, you know, it, issues, with, whether it be a house or a building burning down or somebody loses a family member on the life insurance side. Obviously, we can't replace those things exactly the way they were, but but without it, it'd leave people in a pretty bad spot. Yeah, hundred percent. So, how do you continue to stay updated or learn? I know you touched on the um, Jocko Willings book, but is there any other books, trainings, podcasts, events that you kind of do? I am hands down the worst book reader of all time. <laughs> not, not, not that I'm illiterate, uh, but here's here's what I do. If I look, if I'm looking in front of me here at the bookshelf. The way I am is if I get to a point where there's something I want to learn or I'm at a point where I need a little bit more of a kick in the ass and I'm trying to find some motivation, when I get into that position, I will find a book, something relevant Mm -hmm. to help me with that. And that book may be 20 chapters and there's only two chapters in it I care about. Yeah, I'm I'm the biggest culprit of going and buying a book and reading maybe 10 to 15 percent of it Mm -hmm. and then never picking it back up at least not until something else comes up and I may need to refer back to it. So I've got a ton of, whether they be sales books, insurance books, motivational books, mm-hmm. where I've sat down, read what I've needed to, and, and we'll go from, you know, get what I need from it and move on. Um, but uh, another thing I do, and this isn't so much more on, on the educational side, um, as much as it is just kind of my day to day. And it's a lot of podcasts, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's kind of the way of the world. I spend a lot of time in the car. And so mm-hmm. when I'm in the car, I'm, I've got podcasts going, um, whether they be some sort of, you know, business or entrepreneurship podcast, 
um, or some sort of motivational piece. Uh, mm-hmm. But 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 I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that a lot of what I listen to is is like comedy podcasts. For me, I got to keep yeah. it light until mm-hmm. there's something I need to know. I'll go tap yep. into those resources. But um, but yeah, I mean that's kind of it for me. I'm not a big one. Here's one guy or gal that I listen to mm-hmm. all the time um, because I do get sick of that. Right? I think yeah. All, so. But yeah, I try. Listen, I try and stay up to date and stay stay learning. But you know, it's it's tough, man. Especially depending on the yeah. career you're in, there's a lot to keep up with every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. But yeah, even like just like doing your day to day, like you said, like let's say you have a call with somebody, you want to tweak something with the sales side, like that's like continuing to learn in that, like just making like a change here or there, you know. For sure. And one of the, I mean, to not put everybody to sleep here, but there's a lot of crazy things going on in the home and auto insurance world right now, just personal line stuff. And so I've had a lot of learning to do to figure out, Hey, how do we need to market a business, our business to hit the right people? Mm -hmm. Right. And and to find the the right clientele that's going to be worth their time and our time that we can truly help. And so, yeah, I mean, every single day is different. There's something comes up yep. and, and I am a huge believer and you don't know what you don't know. So is when those things come up, it's important to take advantage of that learning opportunity. Yeah. hundred percent. So as we come to a close here, what would be one final piece of advice you would give our listeners to help them take another step towards success? So I think, uh, there, there's a couple things that kind of go into it. But the first thing I would say, and this is really based off of my recent experiences in in, in making a jump, leaving a company and starting my own business, mm-hmm. is knowing that there is, there's no right time to do something <laughs> bold. You yeah. know what I mean? It, even with starting a family, there's no people say, well, we're going to wait to have kids. We want, we want to have kids at this time. There's no right time to do those things. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of deciding, okay, I've got enough guts at this point in time and I'm, I'm going to go do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for anybody else who's listening, another piece that I think is really important. I talked about this a lot when I was in a hiring role um, prior to starting a business, but it is so important to figure out what it is that you like to do and kind of going back to passion, but figuring out what it is that you find enjoyment in, not so much in the most common sense of what area of ex- expertise Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to figure out, hey, what do I want to do? What's going to be fulfilling to me moving forward? It's find what you like to do. What are you naturally good at? For me, I love talking to people. I am extremely extroverted. I love <laughs> to be out and about and talk to people. I'll talk people's ear off. We'd have an hour and a half long podcast that you'd have a nightmare edited <laughs> given the opportunity. Right. But if you take that 30,000 foot view and you say, okay, here's what I like. Here's what I'm naturally good at. Whether you're extremely organized, extremely introverted, you're, you're good at things naturally. Everybody's got Mm -hmm. natural talents. Find out whatever that is and find a way to make it work for you. Right. It, It really is, uh, you know, something that now the world we live in, everybody's got the ability to do their own thing. There's so much opportunity out there between social media and, and, and just, you know, the idea behind people starting their own business and becoming entrepreneurs and starting that journey is find what you like to do. What do you find? Mm-hmm. Enjoyment? What comes easy to you and take advantage of it? Yeah. I mean, that's great advice to uh, close out the show. So thank you everybody for listening. If anybody wants to reach out, feel free to connect. And then what's the best way to uh, connect with you if anybody wants to 
Sure. So we're on just about every social media platform, McHugh Insurance Group, um, M-C-H-U-G-H Insurance Group. You could find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you name it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I'll put all the links in the show notes below so anybody can click them. Right on. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Hunter. This has been great. Of course. I appreciate it, Sal.